0: Welcome to everyone today. We're glad to see you this morning. Uh, It's good to share this time of fellowship and worship with you. And we welcome everybody in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. And we're glad that you're here today and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we uh, share this time together. Let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to fill those out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, just give us whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us and we would appreciate it. And Go ahead and take your phones and check in uh, on uh, your social media. That t- Tell everybody that you're here today. That'd be great. And, uh, and a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, right after the worship service today at one o'clock, we'll be having a church picnic out at Audubon State Park at uh, the Lakeview Shelter. And so I uh, hope that you can come and be a part of that. Uh, Also, next weekend, we'll be having our Highway 60 yard sale. Uh, We participate in that every year, and that raises a lot of funds for our missions projects that we carry on throughout the year. And so if you would like to clean out your closet and bring things for us to sell, we would appreciate it. If you'd like to volunteer, we would appreciate that as well. Uh, So put that on your calendar for next Friday and Saturday. On October the 9th, we're having a blood drive here. If you'd like to volunteer or set an appointment, see Jika. She's got her sign-up sheet right there. And also on that same night, we're going to be launching a, a, a new series of discussions on grief uh, taught by Phyllis Warren. And um, we're going to be talking about, about grief of different kinds and, and how, to, how to cope with grief in our lives. Uh, we all, we've all experienced loss of some kind, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of a of, uh, of position. Or whatever. Um, and, and so we're going to be talking about that, and it's going to be a six week series beginning on October the 9th. And we hope that you can uh, be a part of that if that's something that, that affects your life at all. Uh, also, on at the end of October, uh, we have, have our Fall Festival coming up on October the 30th. And uh, and we're going to probably be doing something a little bit different this year, uh, and we'll give you some more information about that. But there are some flyers out in the uh, foyer, uh, so pick one of those up, and uh, you kind of get a sense of what we're, we'll be doing with that, uh, and we'll we'll provide some more information uh, for, for that uh, later on. Uh, just as a, a point of uh, personal privilege here, please lift me up with, with you uh, in your prayers today. I'm, I'm still a little bit under the weather. I am hope I'm going to make it and push through and get through this service today, but uh, lift me up, and I'll do you. A favor, and I will not shake your hand at the end of the service, but you can do me a favor by standing up and shaking each other's hands. So let's share share the love of Christ with one another. I've got, got, got a single shot. shot. And this is the second of two oh, shots. But oh, oh, I think this is more than that. I think it's going to my immune system, and I've got something on top of it's going on too so. uh, so. long. <laughs> so oh my God. I had no Somebody may have to go up
1: It's a
0: very good
1: crowd.
0: Let's pray together. Oh Lord, your word tells us that there is great good in godliness combined with contentment. But even as we brought nothing into this world, neither can we take anything out of it. So help us, dear Lord, to be content with what we have. To seek heavenly treasures rather than those things of this world which rust corrodes and moths consume. May we be, O God, people who share the wealth that you have provided for us. That we might be among those who share both the bread and wine of earth and the bread and wine of heaven. O generous Provider, we especially pray today for those who, like Lazarus, are ignored, are neglected, and left to suffer in our world, for those who live in poverty within our own community, for those who have no permanent place to lay their heads, for those who spend each day in a desperate struggle for survival. We pray, O God, for those who lie in great suffering at the gates of our nation. Bind your people together, O Lord, and make us bright and shining witnesses to your compassion and your grace as we act compassionately towards the Lazaruses that we know and those that we don't. Hear, too, O God, the petitions and the intercessions of our hearts. For those who govern and are in authority, for those who are lost in despair, for those who need healing, for those who seek to serve as Jesus served. And remind us, O Lord, that your love for us is steadfast and pure, and that we have been called upon by you to love our sisters and brothers, especially those in need, as you love us. Help us to accomplish this difficult calling, O God. Help us to shine the light of your love in the lives of those who walk in darkness. For we pray this in your holy name. Amen.
1: This is my friend Alyssa Boyette coming to sing for us this morning. Would everybody say, hi Alyssa! She loves to sing, and God has truly blessed her with a beautiful voice. And she blesses me every time I hear her sing. Her song this morning is Look at Me, and I think it's very special because it talks about how other people see us and how we see ourselves. And she sees herself as I see her a beautiful woman with a beautiful voice, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. All right, you're over here, sweetie. Thank you Look at me, you may think you see who I really am, but you never know me every day, and I, I play a part, now I see, if I wear a mask, I can fool the world, but for my heart.
2: Thank you, Alyssa, for reminding us that we are loved just the way we are in this church. Beautiful statement. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. We're going to move over here in the middle because I want to sit. You know I like to sit on the floor when I do children's moments. So y'all can come sit around the carpet here if you like. Do you want to? You want to sit on the floor? Okay, I'll move over there. <laughs> And Lazarus, sick and disabled, dip your finger in the water, come and heal my soul, because I'm tormented in the flame. That is our scripture this morning. And I am so thankful when I was your age, I learned little ditties like that. If it was for learning oh. music like that, I, I would know it was scripture at all. But basically, that's what our scripture, our, our theme this morning is about, is particular of scripture. Oh, I forgot something. I got so excited about this thing and I forgot my prop. Well, I have a cup and this cup has a top on it. And it, it might believe it has water in this cup. And what does this top do for this cup? What's that? But then I want to put some more water in it. You've got to take the top off. Well, our story today is, is our, it's like our lives. We need to be able to get water, but then we need to be able to pour some water out. We need, need to be able to... Uh, encourage good stuff in our lives and then be able to pour good stuff out. Does that make sense? No. No, it doesn't make sense. Well, um, if, if um, I got so taken by Alyssa's uh, song, I'm just having a hard time with words here, but we'll pull it all together. The um, water. T- in if the top is is on it but as my notes there the more water we get in to get water in this cup we got to take the top off and that is important important thing for us to remember about the lid not only does it do a great job of keeping the water in but it does a great job of keeping the water out so we want good stuff good things in, so we have to walk around with our top ready to give to other people and let other people bless us by putting things in our cup. That is my little sweet, short message for you all this morning, okay? And my little ditty of my little song. Let's pray here real quick a, a different kind of prayer, and it's a repeating prayer, and we're, I'm going to say the first words, and you're going to say it after me, and we'll be done. Dear God, Dear God. thank you for this light. Thank you, for the. And all that is in it, and all that is in it, 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 help us to receive your good gifts. Share your good gifts, share your good gifts with those around us, with those around us. You and Amen. Thank you and Amen. We'll continue in worship. Thank you, boys and girls.
3: We come to you this morning with our arms reaching out to you, with our hearts aching to receive your grace, with our minds longing to connect with you. For most in this room, this is the most important hour of our week. It helps set the stage for the days to come, and is as important as a healthy breakfast. Today... We're going to talk about a poor man, a diseased man, who lived his time and walked closer with you while he was on this earth, and a rich man who was left wandering alone. Help us to remember that as we seek to walk closer with you, that those who are truly blessed in this world are the ones who have figured out that sharing our blessings and your love with others, that's what brings us closer together. That's the greatest way to receive you in our lives, to give. Amen. Amen.
4: In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you, You and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, "Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment." Abraham replied, "They have Moses and the prophets; they should listen to them." He said, "No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent." He said to him, "If they do not listen to Mo- Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead." This is the word of the Lord. Lord. <laughs>
1: And left to die Raise your head For love is passing by Come to Jesus Come to Jesus Come to Jesus And live Now your burdens and carried far away. And precious blood has washed away the stain. So sing the Jesus, sing the Jesus, sing the Jesus, Jesus. And Afraid to crawl and remember when you walk, sometimes we fall. So, fall. Yes the world goodbye and go in peace and love.
0: Thank you so much, Megan and Alyssa, for your beautiful music, for leading us in worship and putting us in the right spirit to to be touched by God, by touching us with God here. Thank you so much. Jesus told a story about a rich man uh, that some people give the name Dives to and a poor man named Lazarus. Dives drove a Mercedes Benz.
1: <laughs>
0: he lived in a fifteen room mansion. He ordered all of his suits tailor-made from Europe, while poor Lazarus was a street person. The public library, where he tried to get some rest during the day, particularly on cold days, threw him out. Even the police turned their heads when they drove by because they were tired of giving him a free ride to jail for a a meal and, and a night's lodging. And so he had nowhere to sleep except the sidewalk. There was a gate across the driveway leading up to Divey's mansion. So Lazarus, tired and hungry, dirty and covered with sores, sat on the sidewalk and propped himself up against Divey's gate to get a little rest. Dive's Doberman Pinchers wandered out to see this sleeping man, and since they perceived that he was not a threat, they quietly came over and licked the sores on his face. Each time he drove his Mercedes out of the gate, Dives looked in disgust at this filthy piece of humanity leaning up against his gatepost and wondered why somebody didn't do something to get people like that off of the streets. But that, of course, is not the end of the story. Because you see, eventually both Lazarus and Dives died. And unexpectedly, Lazarus went to heaven, but poor rich divies went to Hades, and obviously the very affluent Dives couldn't believe what had happened to him. I mean, he had made it a personal rule in life to never experience anything uncomfortable. And it was his conviction that he deserved to travel in style. I mean, after all, he was worth it. But now he was experiencing an eternity of harsh discomfort. The air conditioner had failed. The water was turned off. "'Please, Father Abraham,' he cried out across the chasm, "'have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in some water "'and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire.'" Don't you find it interesting and also very informative that here Dives is in, he- in Hades and Lazarus is in heaven, but Dives still thinks of Lazarus as only an errand boy? <laughs> And so Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides, there is a great chasm between us. And no one can cross from one side to the other. But please, Father Abraham, cried Dives, I beg you, send Lazarus to my family. Let him warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. And Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Well, Dives is desperate now. No, Father Abraham, but if someone might, someone from the dead would go back to them, then suddenly they would hear and they would repent. But Abraham just shook his head and he said, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, They will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. You would think that if someone was resurrected from the dead, people would listen to what they would say, wouldn't you? (laughs) Not necessarily so. And so here the question is are you willing to listen? It is amazing how many of us who call ourselves Christians are not willing to listen to the one who returned from the dead. And I believe that there are at least three things that Jesus is trying to say to us in this parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And the first thing that Jesus is saying to us is that we are responsible for one another. We are responsible for. For one another. The message of this parable of the rich man and Lazarus is no different from the parable of the Good Samaritan. We are responsible for the good of our neighbor. The great commandment we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And just as importantly, we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is anyone who needs us. And that is a truth that should be quite evident to each of us because it is repeated to us time and time again all throughout the Bible in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In responding to Divey's request, Abraham appeals to Moses and the prophets. And immediately we think of Amos and, and Micah and some of the other prophets who challenged Israel to remember its responsibility to the poor. Do you recall that as far back as Leviticus, God instructed the farmers of Israel not to harvest all of the grain in their field or or all of the grapes from the vines, but to leave some there for the poor? you remember that? All the way back in Leviticus, it's called gleaning. And it was an early form of welfare. And without that charitable law, many of the poor in Israel would have starved to death. In Deuteronomy 15, the people are instructed to deal generously with the poor. Every seven years, all debts were to be canceled and all slaves were to be freed. That's one of the most radical laws in human history. And we're not sure if that law was ever obeyed or not, but it is a clear demonstration of God's heart for the poor, isn't it? According to the 10th verse of that chapter, the people are to give generously to the poor and to do so without a grudging heart. And then because the people have obeyed God's command in caring for the poor, God promises them that God will bless them in all their work and in everything they put their hand to. Throughout the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, there is a deep concern and compassion for the poor. Jesus was concerned about the poor. We see it all the time in the things that he did. In the healing that he did, in the the feeding that he did, and as in the stories that he told, with this story and several other teachings that uh, revealed. And so was the early church. If you love God, you care about people, all people, rich and poor alike. My friends, you and I have so much. We do. I know you think, well, not really. But yeah, you do. We have so much. While other people have so very, very little. The seven billionth baby was born on this planet not too long ago. And chances are... That that baby will live all of his or her life poorly clothed, and poorly housed, and poorly fed. Because most of the babies that are born today are in third world countries where poverty is the rule and not the exception. Most of us have never really seen poverty. We think we may have. We drive past houses that are run down and we see children who, who we feel are, are neglected and we, and we say that's, that's poverty. But, but you know what impresses people in deprived countries about America? It's, it's not so much how the wealthy live, it's how the, the poor live. Because you see, the poor in our country are wealthy compared to the poor in many developing countries. And this is not to say that poverty is is not a great problem here in America. It is. It absolutely is. In fact, it's probably more painful to be poor in America than it is in any other country. Because everywhere you look, you see other people with so much. So very, very much. And this parable reminds us that we are living in a world where there are millions of people who face such, such grim lives that even death can be a welcome prospect for them. And in Jesus' name, we must care about those people. That's the first thing that Jesus is trying to tell us in this parable. We are responsible for one another. The second thing is this, and you're not going to like this one. Judgment is a very real part of the gospel message. Now, we don't like to talk about judgment very much, do we? It's much more comfortable for us to talk about love and mercy and grace and compassion, and that's why I do a lot of that. (laughs) But listen to this, folks. This parable and others like it are very clear that there are consequences to our actions and our inaction. Or to use the words which are mentioned often in the scriptures, we reap what we sow. It's not easy for a pastor today today to talk about judgment. Uh, I mean, we've done such a wonderful job convincing people that God loves them, and that's absolutely true. God does love you very, very much. But we've been pretty poor about convincing people that their actions, both positive and negative, have consequences. And besides that, it's almost impossible to speak from the pulpit about judgment these days without sounding moralistic. And you know that's not me. That's just not who I am. But even though we see judgment being worked out in people's lives every day, it's hard to deal with such a grim subject like this in worship. Except, perhaps, through humor. <laughs> I heard about a young pastor who was unsettled one morning when he heard a church member boasting about how he had used a radar detector to avoid getting a ticket for speeding. And the pastor couldn't help but to feel a little bad about this and think that it sounded a little bit unethical. But moments later, he was pleased to hear another parishioner tell this ethically challenged church member, it's the man upstairs that you need to be worried about. And the pastor was about to chime in with a hearty amen when the second man said, yeah, that guy in the helicopter will get you every time. <laughs> Ah, yes, the man upstairs will get you every time. But to go in the other direction, I heard about another man who had a, a very difficult mother, but he felt obligated to take care of her in her old age. And so he had a basement apartment built for her in his home. And, and then an old friend came by to, to visit one day, and, and as they were chatting in the living room, his friend said, I remember what a hard time your mother used to give to you. Where's the old girl now? And fearing that this conversation would be overheard by his mother, the the poor man just simply pointed down in the direction of the basement. And his friend said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even know she died. Now, scholars tell us that, that Jesus probably did not mean for us to take the stories, of, uh, uh, the story of Dives and Lazarus as a definitive statement on the afterlife. But as a firm biblical principle, that we will be judged in some way or another by how we treat the poor. So do you think that this is the only time that judgment comes up with regard to our treatment of the poor? No. Do you remember Jesus' parable of the last judgment when the sheep are separated from the goats? And do you remember what determined who got to inherit the kingdom prepared for the angels and those who were destroyed in eternal fire? Do you remember what differentiated those? I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. And folks, we are not advocating a theology of works here, but if we are to be faithful to the Scripture as a whole, we have to declare that caring about the down and out is a very very important spiritual business. Our, co- our country should have learned that lesson from our own history. <laughs> After World War I, Germany was in a devastated condition. They immediately went into a severe depression, both economically and emotionally. And, and, and guess what happened? That poverty, that depression, that, fe- that feeling of hardship, the unemployment there provided fertile ground for the terrible seeds of Nazism to grow and to prosper. And it took a second world war to show us that it, it was a mistake to leave your enemy desolate and forsaken. And so after the Second World War, we sought to rebuild our former adversaries, and it worked. Today, Germany and Japan are among our finest allies. And I just hope that our neglect of third world countries today does not produce a terrible judgment on us someday in the future, like it did with the Second World War. War judged our conduct after the First World War. The fact is that if we do not seek justice and compassion in in places like the Middle East and Africa and Central and South America, if we do not become peacemakers in this world, then we will face the possibility that one day we ourselves will pay a horrible price. And I'm not saying any of this in some perverted attempt to scare you. But what I'm trying to say to you is that it is not only sound Christian doctrine for us to to care for the needy. It's also in our best interest. Dives did not understand how he dealt with, uh, that that how he dealt with a street person outside of his gate would determine his own destiny. And I wonder how many of us might be making that same mistake. Listen to this, my friends. We are our brother's keeper. The problems of the down and out are our problems as well. And there is a judgment that is built into the very fiber of creation on those who ignore the needs of their neighbors. And that brings us to the final thing that we need to say today, and that is that more than ever before, you and I need to be missions conscious, both here at home and abroad. Can you possibly think of this parable without thinking about our own responsibilities to those who are not as blessed as we are. And here's my observation on this matter, and this is from personal experience and also just observing the world. The happiest people in the world are the people who have learned how to share a bit of their time and a bit of their resources with those who are in need. That's what Brad prayed just a moment ago. This is what it means to seek God, to give of ourselves, to give of our resources, to help others. Back from um, 1941 to 1953, Dr. Lewis Evans was the pastor of the very prestigious First Presbyterian Church of Hollywood, California. He decided he needed to visit his church's church's missionaries to find out about the needs of the missionaries around Around the world, and one of the stops that he made was in Korea, where he was to meet a missionary surgeon there. A doctor who had been a very successful surgeon here in the United States before sensing God's calling for him to go into missions in in Korea and to minister there in Korea. And on the day that Dr. Evans arrived um, in Korea at this mission site, the missionary doctor was prepping for a surgery on an eight year old child. The pastor watched through a window in a tiny hut where the operation took place Operation lasted for about three hours. And and then after cleaning up, the doctor um, went outside to walk with his pastor. And as they walked along, Evans asked, how much would you have received for that operation back in the States? And remember, this was back in the late 1940s. And the doctor said, oh, probably 500 $750. That's kind of the going rate, I guess. And this was way back when, so it would be a whole lot more these days, depending on your insurance,
1: <laughs>
0: if you have it. <laughs> but as they talked... Evans noticed that the surgeon's lips were purple and his hands were trembling from three hours of tedious work. And then he asked, how much do you get for this one? And the doctor replied, a few cents. And then he added a few cents and the smile of God... And then he clasped his pastor on the shoulder and he shook it lightly and he said, but man, this is living. <laughs> Many people have discovered that it really is living. And I honestly don't know if diabetes ended up in physical hell or not, but I do believe this there probably wasn't much joy in his life while he lived it here on earth. Because, folks, you simply cannot have a truly abundant life without Christ. And you cannot love Christ without loving your neighbor. We are responsible for one another. Judgment is a very real part of the gospel message. We will reap what we sow. Call it karma if you want to. And perhaps more than ever in human history, we need a missions consciousness, both here at home and abroad. As George Bernard Shaw once said, the worst sin to our fellow human beings is not to hate them, but to be indifferent to them. That's the essence of inhumanity. Dives was indifferent to Lazarus at his door. And he paid the price. And we pay a price too when we ignore our neighbor in need. We, may, we, we never discover, if we do that, we never discover the joy that that missionary doctor found when he gave up his life of prestige and, and riches to go and to serve in Korea. Man, this is really living. That's joy. And it's joy that comes not from what you get, not from from what you get physically, not from the money that you get, but from just the joy of serving God by serving others. That's the abundant life which only Christ can give to you. And He gives it to those who walk in His footsteps. So are you listening? I woke some people up, didn't I? (laughs) Follow in the steps of the most compassionate man who ever lived. Go and do as Christ did. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together our closing hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Prayer of our hearts that God would be the vision that we inculcate into our very spirit. That everything we do, everything that we say, everything we try to accomplish, we run it by God first. We run it by the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if it doesn't match up, you better not do it. Be thou my vision, O Lord. Let's sing together. of Christ encourage one another to lead lives worthy of God and walk together in service and in humility let your words and your lives be one in Christ may the God of lasting love guide you into paths of righteous loving living may Jesus the Messiah instruct you in the ways of his kingdom and may the Holy Spirit lead you into the promised land of God's kingdom and glory We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord and to love and to serve the least of these. Amen.